0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. Well, we're rolling into fall here on the Tour Coach, and for the fall, just like we've been doing for the last couple years here on the Tour Coach, I'm going to be bringing you lots of chats, interviews, roundtable discussions on what we do, how we do it, from players to coaches to caddies, students all of this comes from my travels that are on tour or to Old Palm or from here in Mobile or wherever it is I go around this country, or around the world, teaching and coaching at the game of golf that I love. So hopefully, if you listen, you're going to like what you hear. There's there's lots and lots of info and content coming your way that I think are going to help all of you understand and play the game even better or or coach the game. We've got so many coaches that listen to this tour coach podcast. So appreciate all of you that have gone along with me on this journey for the tour coach. I didn't necessarily know where I was going with it. When I started this when the do sweepers radio show ended on XM serious. But I can tell you that has given me so much freedom and creativity to be able to talk a little more and a little more in depth and bring all of you a behind the scenes inside the ropes. Look at what me and my team do and the people that we associate with it and how you can use us as a resource to help you get better at the game of golf. Look, and if you like what you hear on the Tour Coach, also make sure you check out our Pro Work video series, which is available for you on YouTube and my YouTube channel. If you just go on YouTube and type in Pro Work It'll pull up the episodes that are out there, some really, really great stuff that takes you behind the scenes and inside the ropes. And before I let you go to the tour coach, special thanks to my sponsors that have all been with me for such a long time. on Golf, been with them over 20 years. Can't find anybody better in the equipment side of the world. Bushnell Golf, such a big part of what we're doing with Pro Work and what I do day to day, especially with the Launch Pro. Vineyard Vines, Ian and Shep, Amber and the folks there. Always keep me looking great. We've been such great partners for a good long time. And lastly, McConnell Automotive uh, here in Mobile, Alabama. Mitch McConnell and the gang. There's nobody that has supported me longer. I mean, they're unbelievable. And the folks at Buick GMC for supporting the Dew Sweepers Radio Show as well as the Tour Coach, and as well as Pro Work. So check out McConnell Automotive and Buick GMC. And lastly, our, my friend Blaine Stokely and Stokely's Midtown Garden Express here in Mobile. Those folks keep the Dew Sweepers and keep the Pro Work and the Tour Coach and all of our content alive and well for all of you that love the game and want to learn. Enjoy the Tour Coach podcast, which is coming your way right now. All right, so sitting in here, old pump, been a good few days, Peter Nade in town uh, at the end of your uh, first year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Going to talk about that. I thought it'd be great to have you on. had not had you on in a while. Um, let's talk about what you learned, what you took from the first year. Obviously, you started out great. Second place, first event of the year. Had some struggles, but you know we've. I think we've done a. You've done a great job really maturing through the year, really maturing as we evaluated the year um, and kind of growing and learning from the process. Talk a little bit about that. First of all, just talk about what you learned and and how you approached and took the year.
1: Yeah, 100%. Obviously, got off to a great start and Mm -hmm. was feeling like my game was hot coming out of Q School and playing with a lot of confidence. Um, Played a really
0: good stretch from Q School through – the winter kind of first part of January.
1: Yeah. Um, like finished first at second stage and mm-hmm. felt like if I could do finish first there, I could finish first in a corn ferry event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I learned about all the other stuff along the way, um, doing everything for the first time. Um, so yeah, definitely expectations got like a little bit elevated after mm-hmm. that first event, and but then, that's okay. Totally, totally fine. That was one of the biggest things I learned. Um, you know, not that I didn't approach every week how I did the first week because I did, but my expectations were there. And you know, if I wasn't in the mix, it was easy for me to think, well, I've got next week. And interesting, you know, mm-hmm. not. It wasn't until the end of the year where I, you know, I was like, this could be my last event. You know, like. That sort of thing, and then on on top of that, just wanting to play every single week, not having you know a schedule the previous two years, and feeling like I was in every single event. I've got to play, you know, not only to learn which courses I like and which courses I don't like, but to just take the opportunity. Um, And in hindsight, obviously it's 2020, but
0: yeah, but um, you can't
1: change the past, right? You You know, learn from it taking a week or two off here and there would have been super beneficial obviously to like work with you, reset at home, just get away from it a little bit and you know work on some things and reflect on tournaments. Like that was one thing this year I felt like I didn't necessarily have an opportunity to do was reflect on tournaments because everything was moving so fast. It was like you get done with one and then you're right onto the next. Um, and having that ability to reflect on a tournament you know things I did well things I didn't do well is what I've done really well in the past with time in between okay, Um, to sit and think and then go back to the drawing board and you know tackle things from not a different approach but just you know to clean up some areas and um, also just like get away from the adrenaline of it Mm -hmm. all because it was high frequency all year long high intensity and um, that was the biggest takeaway that I had was just trying to be a little bit more patient with when I was playing and when I needed to step back and say, okay, let's hit the pause button.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you was saying the other night at dinner, I thought you'd done a good job. I think it's, and I told our buddy, Matt Kopsky, we'll give him a shout out, but Kopsky is down, down here hanging out, um, friend of both of ours. And, and uh, we both commented that you had done a nice job being able to step back <clears throat> and look at the things you did good as well as the things you did bad. Because we've all had people, know people like, you know, you have a pretty good year, but you only focus on the bad and then you go ahead and you make wholesale changes. Like, oh, I didn't play good for this month or two months, so I'm just going to scrap everything I'm doing. And I think that one of the real keys to success is being able to look at what you're doing well, as well as what you need to work on and then you know but not just always beating yourself up but as long as you're learning and you're getting better and and one thing that we had kind of said a bunch of times <clears throat> i remember on the phone talking to you was hey two two and a half years ago if we'd have said hey with a month to go in the corn fairy season you still got a chance to get your pga tour card you'd have jumped at that hundred percent right and so it didn't turn out the way you wanted. Maybe, and you certainly could have had opportunity to be in better shape. But you also can't forget where you came from and how far you have come along this journey, which I think, to me, is one of the more impressive things.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, just like some talks that you and mm-hmm. I have had, or um, like I had a great talk with Matt mm-hmm. um, probably with like three weeks to go in the season, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Don't." forget this is like still been a great year. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to remember that when your expectations are set so high and things aren't going your way. And, uh, that was like a pretty big eye opener for me where it was like, okay, like you got to change your perspective a little bit on this, you know, from yeah. where I was two years ago, like would have done anything to have those, you know, be in that spot.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, and I, and, and another thing that I thought was great and, and, not all players are like this, but, you know, you call me and you're like, hey, the, probably year, year and a half before we got to this, you were probably harder on me. you talking to me. You know, this year I don't know if you were as hard on me or as critical me. I need you to kick me in the ass, right? Yeah, 100%. And not a lot of players were not just here blowing sunshine up your ass. I mean, but a lot of players – you know, won't figure that out or won't. Right. And I said, look, I mean, I felt like from a teacher's perspective, you had that stretch, you played good, but I could tell you were getting tired. One, you played a lot of golf. It's hard to tell you to sit out a week when you start feeling like you're running out of weeks. Right. Um, and in the past I would have
1: like, you know, taken a little break and and then come back to it with, you know some fresh legs mm-hmm. and like ready to go again but it was like no we got to keep going because you know you're going to we're playing 14 out of 15 weeks in a row and
0: you know it's like this is just how it, how it is you know I think from a coaching perspective too like we we mentioned this today and I heck Curtis Thompson who was in here earlier Curtis I said like it's really hard for me I, to show up on the range at a tour event and us expect to get a ton done is it great
1: right and that's where it was obviously like it was very circumstantial but mm-hmm. like you know I've, I feel like when we've gotten the most progress out, I've gotten the most progress out you've gotten the most mm-hmm. progress out of me has been when we've been looking long term mm-hmm. big picture like we're not going to worry about what's happening today or tomorrow but like where are we going to be two years down the mm-hmm. line and it's easy when you've got,
0: you know, a seven-week stretch to be like, all right, got to play well today and right. we can figure it out later. I think we – I think both of us, me, I, I take – you know me. I take responsibility for the things I don't do great. And I say, hey, Peter, I didn't do as good a job at this as I needed to. Like, but you get caught in that, and i got six weeks left, and I've got to have a big week. We all start – Think in micro and fix it for this week instead mm-hmm. of long term, yeah, which I've always thought as a teacher like I've it most of the time been pretty good at keeping long term, but there's times with players when you're very connected and you're friends and you know how good you started off and you're like you shit you wanting to fix it for that week, right yeah. um, And I think we kind of got away from that. I did too. Uh, but but that's one of the hard parts about being a player and a teacher at that thing is like, you want to fix the guy for that week, but it's hard when you've only got six weeks to say, Hey, we need to take a week off and just go hit and really do some work when you know, you only got X number of weeks left. I think that's the challenge. And
1: I think that's like where, you know, the conversations that we've had in the last few weeks where it's like, no matter where we are, let's, you know, Mm -hmm. focus on the big picture and like, Whatever happens, happens, but we're going to get there eventually. It's not if, it's when.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, the commitment to s- one of the things I've thought is good, and I think anybody at any level of golf can learn from this, setting a schedule and making a plan ahead of time where we've said, hey, these are the days we're going to plan to work, right? And I think if you don't do that, I think stuff always comes up. It always will because it's life. Right. And – you get that false feeling of like I feel like I'm pretty close. I think it's okay. We'll be good. We don't need to work, right. Yeah. We don't need no, to. No, that out. happened
1: multiple times right. this year with me, where I was like, no, I don't need. To, you know, I don't need to see. Yet. Yeah, remember
0: we were like, oh, you go. I feel pretty close this week, and then you know, two weeks later,
1: you're like, I need help. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I noticed this year, when you're trying to work on stuff at a tournament, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. You've yep. got a hundred other players around you, caddies grinding on everybody. You. All sorts of different things, and, you know, it's easy to look around and be like, i got to grind like that when, you know, you and I both know that it's really just one or two things that we got to work on really efficiently and then be done with it and go play it.
0: I think, too, like, you know, obviously we're in a great spot here. You know, we've worked a bunch when I was at Fred, and we've had great places. where, It's very, like, it's quiet. You get away from all done of with The noise and the buzz. Yeah, it's hard at to a tour, like, you've got equipment people walking up asking you about a shaft handing you a club you're in the middle of we're talking and then in the middle you step and go oh hey i need this because they're there and walking up to you you got caddies you've got managers you've got everybody in the world somebody like it's just distraction yeah right whereas i think if you plan time and you say hey we're going to go work i thought these three days have been the best work we've had since January, when we had golf camp down here, and I know golf camp's a little different because we may have six or eight of us, but also everybody's only focused on working and playing, so it's not like a tour event. Yeah, um, but I thought it's the best three days we've we've had in a year because you're leaving with a really good plan and a commitment of when you know you're coming back and we're we're going to work in two weeks, right?
1: Yeah, and I I definitely feel like <clears throat> I work better when I'm away from a tournament atmosphere Mm -hmm. so just like understanding that the season is long and the off season is not as long as I thought it was Mm -hmm. and like we almost have to create those little off season weeks within season to
0: um like check up and (coughs) get things tuned and Mm -hmm. and dialed in um yeah I agree a hundred percent and I think the other thing too is um being able to look at like one good thing is you've been able to step back and look at like, Hey, these are the, these are the shots that have cost me. Okay. For you, it's a ball that starts online, goes too much left. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And so one thing we've really spent a good bit of time this week is focusing on the why, why does that shot happen? Not, can I just time it on the range and hit it pretty good, but why does that shot happen? And, approach it from multiple angles we've approached it from well one what's happening so for you it's kind of when your rotation stops a little going through and the club head rotates too much flips over and so we've approached it from the physical aspect of like what's your body got to be able to do and that's that's one area that i felt like you know we've talked about stuff on playing for a living like how some things are harder than people think but like Staying on your fitness program is hard when you travel fifteen weeks in or out of sixteen weeks as well. Yeah, and being with
1: you and Aaron yeah. or someone like Colby, like yeah. working together, collaborating on it, like makes things so much more efficient when it comes to having a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when you're on your own and things aren't going well, you're like, "Well, I've just got to go hit more balls and like work harder," and you're just ingraining it even more mm-hmm. um, instead of. You know, starting and, like, taking a step back and saying, okay, hey, this is what we need to do, and this is what we're going to work on. I had this
0: whole mentor of mine, Tom Ness, you say, he said that when you get in that pattern and you just go and you hit a bunch of balls, you're just getting better at not hitting it any good, yeah. right, <laughs> you know, which is kind of, I think, where we were there for a few months. So I think you got to hit the reset button, you got to hit the pause, and you got to come back, get back to what your plan is. And I think the other thing, too, like, learning that you have to take breaks, because, not only for work, but for fitness, but, and planning stuff out, but like, when you place all those weeks in a row, if you don't schedule it structured, it's really hard then when you miss a cut on Friday, say, hey, you want to go meet and work versus, you know what, I really just want to go hang out, have some fun, mm-hmm. right? Because you're still a young guy, I mean, you want, I mean, you can't expect yourself to be miserable, you know, not go do shit you want to do, yeah. not go see your girlfriend, not go spend time, like, I think we sometimes forget that, like, life gets in the way. Like, yeah, at the you, end of the you day, you got to figure out how to do all this and still have a life. Yeah, because I've just found the happier you are off the golf course, and the more complete everything is, the better you play. Because it then it like how you play doesn't dictate how you feel about yourself. Right. Right. Which give a shout out to Margot here. I think has been a big part of the maturation process. Because I think you're incredibly happy off the golf course. So if you play crummy, you're like, okay, you know what? I can still go have fun, right? right. I'm yeah. still okay. I'm still Peter. Like, I think that's a big part of it. I yeah. really do. I think that part of becoming a – of reaching your potential is being – having a plan and being happy with all parts of your life, not just your short game or your full swing or putting. hundred percent. She's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, you know so – Expectations. Let's talk about expectations. You said something to me like probably ten days ago, two weeks ago on the phone. You're like, "Hey, I want to get back to where you're hard on me," and we had a plan. We're going to get to the Corn Ferry tour. He's like, "You like two years ago we said this, so now we're here." I want to think about where we want to be two years from now, right? And I think we got a good plan. And so two years from now, our plans to be in contention. On tour, at a major, at a major, you know, and and that's doable, right? We've seen. I mean, there's tons. I mean, Cam Young. I mean, right? there's tons of examples. People, you know, heck, I mean, two and a half, three years ago, everybody knew Cam was a good player. They didn't know he's one of the best players, but not everybody would think he'd be up there in every major. But he was. So we know it can be done. <laughs> But you've got to have a plan, and I like that. So, what are you? What are your goals? Like, what do you say? Hey, where do I want to be in a year, in a two, in two years? And, and how did you come up with that? So, I think you know. Obviously, the goal is to
1: be learning these things all over again, but at the next level, mm-hmm. because. I've never been someone who's, it's just going to, you know, happen out of thin air overnight. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to experience these types of things. I've got to learn from it and then I get better from like, not, I guess failure is probably a bad word, but mm-hmm. like, that's, that's you a good know, thing. that's how I've always learned. I've always gotten a little bit better every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if we can get a little bit better every single year, mm-hmm. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna cross that that line where we are one of the best in the world.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know. I think that sometimes success comes too quick, too easy, too early for people. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think sometimes I've had a player win in their second start, and I think they almost would have been better from a tour PGA tour perspective if they'd have finished second that week. Yeah, you know, and then still had that. I got to keep getting better. I got to keep getting and better. And you
1: can't feel the you can't feel what it's like to be in the final group without of being a major enough. without being in the final group of a major. And, right. You know, whether you win the tournament or shoot 90, like if you better learn something from it, mm-hmm. you know, like because you're going to be there again if you do.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and I and I think uh, the to me again, the positive of all of this has been like nobody I mean, I didn't want to pick up the phone and call you after you missed the cut and then your season was over and all of that, right? But, like, I mean, you can't avoid it. It happened. But, like, I thought, like, the way you're like, hey, man, we just got to get better. Just take some time. I mean, you took a little time off, had some fun, which you 100% should do and I would have done. But, like, come back, refocus and re-energize. I think the people that get defeated... And then they just look at it like, oh, I just had a shitty year. I've played bad. I mean, I don't know that that's – I don't know that that's – not only is it not healthy, but I don't know that, um, you know, that gets you anywhere. I think you got to keep looking at big picture. Yeah, right. That's not
1: looking long term if you, you know, if you approach it that way.
0: You know, and then I think we need to – these are things that I, th- I think we, you know, we address some today. I think uh, we talked about the things you did well and you didn't do. I mean, your good was crazy good. You, we talked about it yesterday, like you would make five, six, seven birdies around, not kidding, a oh, double, really. or two but doubles. two doubles, so, yeah. right? And we went and, like, hey, I kept saying all year, you're good as crazy good. You're good as as good as anybody out there. We got to make the bad better. Exactly. And so we got to get rid of doubles. And we were talking, like, hey, if you just take those doubles and you turn them into bogeys, you make all those cuts. And of the ones that you made the cut, you finish in the top twenty, right? Well, there's a PGA that's easily a corn fairy card, maybe, full step, yeah. but maybe a PGA tour card, right? And so some of some of reducing doubles was for sure what we worked on in the golf swing, which was getting the club. For nerds out there, I mean, we've worked on getting the club in your body to work more together, up the plane, going through, have more control of the face control the club face with your rotation and did some really nice. Cause
1: stuff. it's really, all, it's one or two shots a tournament Correct. that got away from me, mm-hmm. you know, and that can compound into, you know, when you, especially if it happens early on Thursday and you know, you, you know, the cut's going to be six, seven mm-hmm. under and you're, you know, you feel like you've already got your back against wall.
0: Yeah. You're one over or two over through four and you know, the cuts going to be six under. It's really hard to not go, I've got to go do something.
1: I've got to go, right? go do something great, you know.
0: But if you didn't know what the cut was or you didn't care and you were two over through four, you'd just keep playing golf. You'd probably end up shooting two, three under every time. Yeah. Right? Um, but so we've worked on eliminating big numbers, and that's what we've done in the golf swing. I thought we and did lot- some good addressing putting today. I thought that was thing. I thought that if you look at your stuff, you make a lot of birdies. But you would also have rounds where you would have three, three putts, right. four, three putts. And some of those, to be honest, were for par on par fives, right? Mm-hmm. 25, 30 feet for eagle, and you make a par. And then in then one in particular, you were doing well. And then the next hole, you make a big number because that spills over from, I remember that. I remember it was uh, over on the west coast of Florida, I remember when. Maybe Sarasota. Sarasota, right? That one drivable one, drivable par four, I think. You hit it up there and you had three putt or something. But anyways, like, so we did some work on putting. So I thought it was eliminating big numbers, improving putting because you make so many birdies. And then the last thing to me is for your length, how you do improve par five scoring. Yeah. Those would be the three areas that I feel like we keep an eye on and we get better at with the stuff we're doing in the golf swing and the stuff you do with Aaron and Colby improving your physical ability to do it I mean, you're going to get you're going to get where you want because all the other numbers add up like I mean you make I mean, you're up there in birdies yeah right I mean you make plenty of birdies you just make too many bogeys yeah <laughs> you know right I mean it just adds up um Talk a little bit about the fitness aspect because I know one of the things you said was like you tried to do it all year, you were always working out, didn't always, but it's hard to do on the road too. Like the gyms and stuff, like Corn Ferry Tour, some people don't realize they didn't like the PGA Tour where you just got a big truck where you got everything there, (laughs) right? You know, um,
1: yeah, I think that that's probably if I can get more consistent with that this year, mm -hmm. and obviously. I mean, it's, it's easy to do it when you have everything available at home and, Mm -hmm. you know, there aren't really any excuses around like logistics with it, or I don't have this or I don't have that. And, um, just being able to be more targeted on what it is that I need to stay really good with, which like this week very clearly need a lot more, um, hip mobility, Mm -hmm. um, so I can get into my right side and load properly, because that's usually where the problem starts. Mm-hmm. If I'm not loading into my right side properly, I start to manipulate and you know compensate mm-hmm. in a lot of other areas, and that's mm-hmm. when things start to get a little loose. Um, so that fitness side is huge. I think that's been the biggest improvement in my game over the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it's good and when I my body feels good and when things are moving properly, it's just I, I feel like do it's, you, do. you know, it's just way easier to go out and play and be athletic. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, growing up playing a bunch of other sports, I'll always feel like in my best frame of mind if I feel like I'm in an athletic frame when I'm on a golf course.
0: hmm Yeah, and I I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of the stuff we've done over the years has been setup related, right? And I think the better your setup is, the more engaged you are physically and your setup's balanced, I think it's easier to do that.
1: And it takes time. I mean, like, I've, you know, two years from now, I want to feel like an athlete on the golf Mm -hmm. course, because I am an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, that's how I want to train. That's how I want to go about my daily thing. Like, it's going to... Be a lifestyle two years from now,
0: you know? And I think that's what's gonna make you successful is the understanding that to get where you want to go and to do what you want to do isn't a doesn't come from three days at old Paul. It comes to committing to what we're doing and you're doing and then sticking with it and understanding that I mean the payoff is probably two years down the road. It's hard for it's hard to do that. I think the kind of the message of it is like it's hard to keep that focus when you're in the middle of 15 out of 16 weeks and and, it, and you're going from town to and look like, there's nothing wrong with the towns on the corn ferry I'm not but like not all of them are the most exciting places or the easiest places to get to right like you know it just it is what it is yeah. right um, you know but uh, man I'm pumped for you I, I mean you, I've told you this. I told you this way back. Like I don't. Have, I told you this at Ocean Reef one time. We were walking out that building. I don't have any doubt you're going to get a PGA Tour card and you're going to win on the tour. Always thought that about you. We just got to stay organized, and I got to do a better job holding you accountable. The good part is you don't mind that. Some people. I want don't you to think, be hard. You on want me. me to be hard on you, right? I want. I like, let up on you this year because man. You can't get that. that first first But that first year's hard when you're going through it. You can't – like, I couldn't tell you what this year was going to yeah. be like till you until you went and did it. Until I went and did it myself. Like, we could have stood there in January down here, and Rick and everybody could have told you what the year was like, and you'd have been like, "That's nah, not going to be that bad. That's what you would have thought, right? Yeah. Because, like, you hadn't been through it, but now you know. So last part, golf courses. What did you figure out about golf? Like, what, what – when you go to set your schedule now, what will you look for and towards like how I set, how you set your schedule.
1: Yeah. Um, I realized this year there are about one, like one thing about the corn Ferry tour is you've got about seven or eight courses that are like PGA tour tracks Mm -hmm. and you've got about,
0: what was your favorite? What was your favorite?
1: Either Ohio state or Omaha or, I mean, Savannah is really good. Um, Nashville was really good. Um, the bigger, longer golf courses with firm, fast greens. I typically Which play more like tour events play more like tour events. I like those tracks a little bit better just because they play to my strengths a little bit more. There's not as many wedges um, I don't have to worry quite as much about controlling my spin um, if the greens aren't as soft, and you know you can. Grind it out a little bit. You don't have to go out and shoot 2500 to, to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, I can't ignore that there are courses like that because in order to get to the PGA Tour, you I have to play well on mm-hmm. those courses that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's one big thing that like we're working on right now is like getting better with my wedges, controlling. Obviously, like I'm always going to be a high spin player, but if I can getting more consistent with the windows that they're coming out on, controlling the face, like those distance distance control and spin is gonna be a little bit more manageable. And, you know, over the course of the season, it won't put as much pressure on my putter. And, you know, it'll be easier not to fight certain aspects of my game or put too much pressure on one aspect of my game or feel like I have to hit driver everywhere. And, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, and also not putting too much pressure on myself on the golf courses that I know set up well for me because I definitely did that a Mm -hmm. couple of times this year where like I showed up to a place and I'm like, Oh, I got to play well this week. This course is like
0: built for me Mm -hmm.
1: and you know, put a little bit too much pressure on myself.
0: Yeah. And I I think learning to not put pressure on yourself is easier, way easier said than done. But I think when you go back and you, go back to where we started with those like hey I got a schedule I got a plan I'm going to work it
1: and I think having some more consistent results on those mm-hmm. courses that I, I don't necessarily feel like they fit mm-hmm. my game very well like that's going to give me a lot there will be less pressure when I get to those courses that I like
0: yeah agree, agree. and I, I think some of that just comes from having a plan preparation and sticking to it yeah right and then and I think when you do that you'll see better results on the places you don't like and even if some of them regardless of how I mean there's gonna be weeks you miss a cut. It just happens, yeah. right? Place ball doesn't go the way it's supposed to or whatever. But when you have the plan and you stick to it and you're not every week showing up trying to regroup and figure it out. Right. There's more it's a comfort too. And I think the more you're comfortable and you trust that, I think your performance goes up as well. hundred percent. Awesome stuff. Bud, you're one of you're one of the best. One of my faves I also enjoy you and Margo down here hanging out and having some dinner. So it's so good. great. We'll do it again in a couple of It's so weeks. much
1: fun. I always love hanging out with you and appreciate you having me
0: on. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrickshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.